<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? It's a great one. Oh, yeah. I know, I know I always say that. But it, we can't help it that it's always great. <laughs> it's not our problem. Jeez. Jeez Louise, back <laughs> off. I am so pleased. Uh, as always, I, I feel so much better after this conversation. We had a lot to get into. Mm-hmm. And it was a delight. And thank you, Val, for, for doing these Fridays. You know what? You're welcome. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, only a couple things to plug. There's only one Pete's pick, which I believe is Alpha Brain. So mm-hmm. we'll ro- we'll roll that. Mm-hmm. Um, Beautiful bean footage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm going to be in Bloomington, Indiana, and Chicago, Illinois. Go to PeteHolmes.com. If you saw me last time I was in Chicago, it's a new hour. So mm-hmm. uh, don't worry. <laughs> um, also, on my YouTube, we're releasing new Batman videos every week. The one that came out. Uh, yesterday is Batman Fires the Batman, but we have Batman Fires Aquaman, Batman Fires Wonder Woman, Batman Fires Cyborg, and now the Batman. Those will be coming out every Thursday. I hope you like them. We loved making them. It's so fun to see them finding an audience. And is that all I say? Yeah, tour dates. Yeah. And that. Yeah. Oh, my special 1024. Yeah. On Netflix. Please watch that. Worked really hard on it. Hope you like it. All right, Katie, roll that beautiful bean footage. (laughs) Only one Pete's pick, and it's an OG Pete's pick. This is the one that kind of started it all. It's Alpha Brain from our friends at Onnit. You guys know I'm serious about Alpha Brain. I'm wearing my jacket. I actually have Alpha Brain pills in my pocket of every jacket. I have it in my car. I have it in my travel bag. I take it before every podcast. I take it before I write scripts. I take it before I do stand-up. I even take it before I just go out to a party and want to have full access to my brain, to my creativity, to my language centers. If you're doing something, and chances are you are, that involves your brain, whether it's just living, working, writing, emails, I don't know what you're up to, but if it involves your brain and you want better, more clear memory, concentration, and focus with earth-grown ingredients that is not a stimulant, that is what Alpha Brain is from on it. It doesn't get you wired or jittery. It just gives your brain the earth-grown nutrition that it needs to dial in and focus and concentrate. I call it like fish food for my creativity. Like all my little ideas are fish swimming around and I sprinkle the alpha brain on and they eat it up and I just get into that creative state so much more easily. I've been taking it for over a decade. I love it. If you like it one-tenth as much as I like it, you're going to shit your pants. It's incredible. Go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird. You'll get 10% everything you see on that landing page. That's onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird. Love that chicken from Popeye's. Here we go, guys. <laughs> um... Go ahead, Val. Get into it. <laughs> cha, cha, cha. Cha, cha, check. Testies. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> it's one of these. It's one of these. <laughs> every other, every like seventh, I don't, I don't uh, go full shotgun spray at the beginning. I go like, we know you have a choice in uh, podcasts. You can listen to <laughs> Val's favorite, Smartless. Oh, how do they think of such amazing things to say? I've never heard it. I have nothing against it. It's really great. I immediately great. bail on the bit. It's really great. It's maybe, I would say Conan is probably my favorite. <laughs> mm. Does that feel mm. that, Yeah. Does that it feel also good? makes me feel good to know that I'm promoting my special and just got a, a no. <laughs> From Conan? <laughs> well, that they're booked up. I shouldn't talk shit. Yeah. You, you corrected me on this the other week where it was like, yeah, you didn't sell out 
Raleigh, but how many hundreds of people were there? And yeah. that was so valuable to me. So I'm going to check myself after I've wrecked myself. And weren't you on Conan twice well, or just, it was one? It was one, I, but I had to think about it because yeah. he's done so much for me. And you were one of the earliest guests. They no. couldn't wait to get you on. Or they were burning off some test episodes. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, they very rarely have a repeat guest. I actually, I think like Obama is like the only one. Well, or you know, Michelle that Obama. actually speaks to my point. My opening remarks is that it's like when even when I did Conan's podcast, I was like, yeah, of, of course. And now it's like, well, we could have him or Keith Richards. You know what mm, I mean? It's yeah. Like, yeah. I, I ate my cigarettes this morning. <laughs> I crumbled them on my frosted flight. <laughs> flight. He's and like losing it. You poke him with a bamboo stick. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's me, Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> you think you're Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah. Wait, but you know. <laughs> Wait, is that like a theory that John Depp... It's not a Depp, theory. Oh, I'm going to stop you right he's there. He's admitted to it. Like, this is hot goss. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, Johnny Depp said... He was doing Keith Richards. I miss liking Johnny Depp, don't you? Not really, because you don't, I... I just miss liking it, like like you like, like you like something. Yeah, sure. I miss liking Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Caribbean. Caribbean. Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. <laughs> that? It's funny because, like, I. it seems like it's 50-50 on who says Caribbean and Caribbean. But, but everyone says. never say Pirates of the Caribbean. That is so right. Like, we all agreed on that. How did they get people also, to do that? So it, Sam J did the pod this week. Little teaser. It was such a great episode. I already told you about it. But there was a moment where we we're talking. We're talking a lot about men and female. She's a, a lesbian female, and I'm a heterosexual. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you're like a two on the Kinsey scale. You mean <laughs> you? You think I'm a two? <laughs> what is it? Is it out of six? I don't know. I think it's out of six. I'm a threatened heterosexual male. I'm not going to read that. All right, maybe you are a one. <laughs> What's a one? I think like. Like three is like middle, like bisexual. Uh, oh yeah, then I'm two. That's what I thought. In fact, the uh, I think... as I famously have worked out, maybe on this part, I don't think. But I was like, if you, if we woke, I, I want to say to people, if you're part, I love you so much, Valerie, <laughs> that if you woke up and it was you, but it was a dude, mm -hmm. I'd just be like, I'm full on gay now. <laughs> and the joke is, uh, maybe it mix things up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I go, you know the pitcher ever look at the catcher in a baseball game and just be like it's kind of nice down there squatting i've known balls two, flying in two different people <laughs> i mean they were no actually one was in a lesbian relationship and the other one was in a heterosexual relationship mm. this is two different people two completely different age groups one of these people was like in their 60s mm. and their partner was trans and like transitioned and oh yeah they, that could happen and they yeah. stayed together yeah so it is I a think thing people do it's lovely maybe that's you've told me that and maybe mm -hmm. that was on my mind mm -hmm. i was taking it like it's like and it, it sounds like it's just shocking i'm always worried when you do a joke about homosexuality because it's it, i'm a kid of the 80s and it's just so easy to be like or are you gay? Mm -hmm. 
and everyone mm-hmm. laughs. You know, it's like, <laughs> what? So I don't want that. Mm-hmm. But it, I think I'm trying to say like it's a love that transcends. I'd be yeah. just I, look the full conversation. That first of all, that would challenge everything I know about the universe. Because <laughs> I'm. It's also like what kind of dude you are. Because speaking to my two on the Kinseyness, there are certain types of dudes that I'm just like more. Yeah. Than I am. Sure. You know. Well, that's just yeah attraction. That's the, everybody. What's that? <laughs> JK You're attracted to them uh, But no. the thing I was saying to Sam J That I wanted to say But, but go ahead Yes That's, That helps me remember say what I was just say. saying yeah I don't think it's that shocking To say that people act Because people actually do that You mean transition I mean stay with their partner After they've transitioned Yeah so. Yeah and it's not It's not the realm of fantasy Yeah Anymore That's right And if you Yeah I mean that's that's a little bit, you know, now it's getting money mouth time. Mm-hmm. If you were like, I am, a, a, I identify as a man, I would not certainly, yeah, would be together. I'd just be like, that's what's happening. <laughs> I, I played that out. I was like, I can, I can play out every angle and every consideration, but I'm like, I'm just going to jump to the end where I'm like, you're my girl or my boy. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny. I just, uh, yikes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Is like, that? No, nah, that's not okay. I was just trying to like out because yeah. you were getting so squeamish. Yeah. I was trying to yeah. be. I think it's okay. I think you're okay. Yeah, it's the it's the law of yes and. Mm-hmm. Any who's a which which subse or what is Sub, it uh, precedes precedes any other law? <laughs> no, it does. In the comedian's law book, mm-hmm. I've said this a million, but your honor. She was yes anding. Stands up in every court in my heart. Yeah. And that's a big, you know, that we can unpack that. Here's what I said to Sam that I was excited to say to you. We were talking about the lesbian stereotype. Uh, you could even say the lesbian pattern. Because <laughs> it seems even lesbians agree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. A stereotype sounds like something other people notice about a group <laughs> and go, that's your pattern. And they're like, I don't know. But every, even every lesbian couple we know mm-hmm. would agree with this. There's not that many of them, but that's at least 10 that we've known. Yeah. Would say the lesbian relationships go very quickly. That's the yeah. That's the pattern. Or the that's the trick. Because, and I was like, isn't it funny that women... Uh, and I, I, I certainly can't unpack this, but they tend to just be more open to the potential. You know, mm, they they mm-hmm. fall in love and they're like, why wouldn't we sort of, and this feels really 1950s, but like, let's nest. Let's yeah. fucking get our lives blended. And women, mm. I, I mean, this is a compliment, tend to understand that their their homes and, and their and their every and their day to day is their life mm-hmm. men which you know this is again very heteronormative but like we go out and we hunt and then we come back and we're not the hunter anymore it's like that's something we were doing for a time i was covered in blood briefly <laughs> and now i'm back and i'm playing a dice game like a wooden dice game <laughs> with an old man you know what i mean like it was more compartmentalized i don't know if any of this holds up <laughs> i'm not an anthropologist but <laughs> So women are very quick to pick a mate, mm-hmm. let's say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Kelly Kapoor stereotype. She's like, she wants Ryan. She's in. She mm. can't explain it. I'm in. Yeah. And uh, this stereotype is a stereotype because I've seen it every which way with my female friends. But the stereotype being that women 
want a partner, want commitment. Yeah. And men don't want commitment. So, right. so women can commit. Let's, let's use the broadest strokes, though, to yeah. make this fun point and yeah. then talk about it. Women can pick a partner quickly, but can't, can't pick a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> but <Yeah>. men <laughs> can pick a restaurant quickly, but can't pick a partner. Yeah. What's going on? That's really interesting. Yeah, what is that? Is that, that a bit? I feel like that might be a bit. It feels like it... I the think, way I said it to you felt like a bit. I think you could make it a bit. It's not funny yet? No. It's just no, 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 no. I wasn't going to say it's not funny yet. I was going to say it feels a little bit like a bit that Seinfeld would have had in the early 90s. And no, it understand. would have been more applicable then, like when we were doing more like the difference between men and women and and it was like you know i'm just i'm saying you can make it a bit you will have to like figure out a little nuance we're not really looking at gender in that way anymore my pal orny adams and i were just talking about the joy of going into an overmind mine and finding something this is what brian that's the metaphor brian regan uses like he goes back to airports right and and sam j's special she has a very funny section she calls it out about white people being different from black people. And she's like, I know this is a white people are different from black people joke, but like fucking relax. Yeah. And I was like, God, yeah, that's, that was great. So that's informing. Here's, here's how right you are though. Seinfeld famously in my mind, is that funny? There's a whole reality. Oh, I know. That's my mind. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, famously. Like when somebody like like, quotes, When Harry met Sally, like this happened because Matt quoted when Harry met Sally. And I was just like, are you kidding? Like, it feels so like that movie is mine and no one else's. Yeah, you went (laughs) on a road trip with a sexually tense friend couple. Yeah. Yeah. Like that movie is so personal that it feels like it's only mine. It's like I had like a a, like a stuffy as a kid and Matt like pulled it out of his pocket. And I was like, Bing Bong. How do you know Bing Bong? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You're so fast. Well, thank you. I just had to say the words Bing Bong. Yeah, but I liked it. Yeah, okay. I I don't know. I just I I really I liked how quickly you folded me in, <laughs> made me feel involved, but it also made me <laughs> admire your brain. Oh well, great. And it made me very quickly picture us on an old boat, just sailing the seas, <laughs> like, but not in these times. In another time, sure. And we're eating seagulls, sure, but we're having a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, pirates were eating seagulls, right? <laughs> the weirdest premise. <laughs> I mean, you could get a fish every day. Every once in a while, you're frying up some bird, right? Like, there's the that, there's your there's bit. your Seinfeld bit. <laughs> yeah. And times get tight. That parrot knows he's going on the grill, right? And what sucks is he can say like, "Am I going on the grill?" <laughs> like, <he's, you> know, <laughs> These going on the grill. Going on the grill. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great voice yes ands today. Thank you. Okay. Um, Seinfeld, here's how right you are. Seinfeld famously in my reality. <laughs> and we just do the whole thing over again. Oh, that's like the play that goes wrong. Yeah, I love they it. Get, and that happens in plays where you get in loops. I love it. Um, I, uh, I do think we could unpack... It's like celebrity and and pop culture are the agreed upon things that are famous to all of us. I know that sounds so basic. Yeah. But the most basic things are the most profound to me, which is like, 
we're all having this isolated reality. And that's what's so fun about, we all know muggles. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and oh, we've talked yeah. about this before. It's like, why do we listen to the same music over and over? It's because it's fucking weird being here. And sometimes <laughs> hearing like, Roxanne, you're like, oh you're yeah. Like, I'm familiar. I've like I belong here because I know the stuff. Right. And I was just talking to, we should talk about, I want to unpack the Craig Ferguson thing. Yeah. We were talking about how time doesn't exist and everybody was groovy with that. But then we started getting into how space doesn't exist. And then that got a little tense, like a little anxious. Yeah. So I want to unpack that. Meaning what made me think of it is music helps us believe in time. Mm-hmm. And time is a gracious, calming, grounding. pacifier. It's grounding. Yeah. I'm not yeah. even against it. Yeah. I spend a lot of my time going like, enough of the deep stuff. Let's just fucking be a pizza party. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a gift. Absolutely. To our nervous systems and to one another. It's, it's great. It doesn't all have to be absolute truth. No. But anyway. We're we'll, here. Let's do the dang thing. <laughs> let's do the dang thing. Exactly. I love that. Uh, okay. So we'll talk about that because I really, I have a need to unpack it with you. Um, so that's always good radio. But... uh thought you'd laugh um <laughs> i'm so i don't know why i'm like on the edge of my seat to hear what the you're saying about same seinfeld <laughs> here's how right you are he goes i don't understand i don't understand how a woman can take boiling hot wax pour it on her inner thigh rip out the hairs by its roots and still be afraid of a spider <laughs> Yeah. So it's the same it's thing. It's really similar, yeah. I and mean, th- that's a whole... Yeah, go ahead. I mean, not so, too similar, but yes. No, no, no. I, I, We talked about this last week. There's just a there's a market of jokes. And when you make that joke and when you release that joke, mm-hmm. that formula of jokes exists now. Yeah. And, uh, and, it, and it informs and makes other jokes. It's this weird virus. Like comedy is... Comedy is a virus, Mr. Anderson. You know, it is interesting to like, not to take the, I mean, I I don't think this will take the funny out of the bit, but it is a really legit, interesting point. And the wax one? No, the restaurant and the partner one. And I'm just thinking like, because the friends that I have, you know, this is, if they really are drawn to somebody right away they do sort of give them their all immediately yeah but most of the time they are like sort of on the fence about someone for a while until they aren't until they aren't and then if that's how it started usually they end up back there after a certain amount of time I've also seen it go where they just are so like blazing hot about someone and then later they consider all of the the things. Well, you yeah, cuz it's we also are maybe it's 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 conditioned too because we're I'm sure it's a mix of nature and nurture, but we are conditioned to think that still I'm listening to Pride and Prejudice right now on audiobook and I'm just like I I read I read this book in high school and I was like this is the most romantic book I've ever read and I'm embarrassed that I still feel that way. Oh. Because <laughs> I'm glad for you. Because it's like it's so it's such conditioning. I in fact, I remember I had a a professor 
Marianne oh, Williamson. Oh God, I can't. I'm getting to the point where I can't even remember my professor's last names. I'm old. Um, I can't remember her last name right now. But mm. she was like from the Bronx. She like had Tina Fey glasses. She was very cool. She dressed great. Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know Jenny from the block. <laughs> yeah, South South Bronx. Oh, mm. um, well. Yeah, so I was I was gonna continue, but let's just Jenny from the block. Yeah, you were you were. I was gonna talk about the rocks that she got, and yeah, yeah. yeah, it's okay. Um, anyway, so Marianne was like, I remember we were sitting in circle, like we moved our desks in the circle, and we were talking about. It was something about feminism, just in general, I guess. And I remember I was a sophomore. I think. And I raised my hand and was like, I feel like I'm like a Jane Austen feminist where like I still like all the romance and everything of it, but I just don't want it to be, I want it to be like authentic, you know, I don't want it to be just because of like, you know, obviously like uh, I am nothing without a man, but I still want a man basically is what I was saying. And she was like, uh, it was so quick. She was like, yeah, exactly. I think the point, though, is to just ask yourself, why? Yeah, what do you... Oh. Like, what <laughs> I, did, thought, I thought she was going to say asking yourself what you want and knowing what you want is enough. But she's No, like, she was saying, no, why do you want that? Because we were really talking about how things that are... Like, gender being a construct, like, things that are socially conditioned often also like they feel the same as things that are true to you or is there anything true to you and she wasn't saying that that wasn't she was just saying like we're having a deeper conversation than this yeah (laughs) and I felt so embarrassed oh no I don't think it, it wasn't her fault I just was like oh wait you're right I'm still like it was just one of those moments where you're like I really do not know how to separate what I've been told and how I've been conditioned to be like a good woman yeah, and what is really me and what I want. I understand all that conditioning is the culture and not always thoughtfully, but the culture's best guess at what the most people, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Not even, I don't even know if it's that thoughtful. It, it just sort of emerges. Yeah. The culture and, it, emerges. And, it, and it like is nuanced. It's all, it gets all tangled but and it's it, not. So there was another moment Sorry, it's no. tangled and it's all not. <laughs> and it's all not, and that's how that ends. Oh, okay. Not K N O T. It's tangled and it's all not. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. You're so good. I. <laughs> it was another moment with the Sam J. Episode. Again, we were talking about. So, what was fascinating about Sam was is, is that she's a uh, genetic uh, i meant genitally uh, biological she was biologically genitally. born she was afab assigned female birth but she yes. she also identifies as a, as a woman she's a woman yeah. but in her relationship the balance of masculine and feminine energies which everyone knows on this podcast we've talked for this 10 years yeah it's it's everybody has both mm-hmm. and in hers the way that the dynamic is going, she's becoming more of the the man in the relationship. Mm. And it's really, that's what makes her special. So wonderful in, in my, one of the things is that she's become this like, you know, she's in both, she's mm. in both and she's kind of defending 
how men feel in this really hmm. funny way mm-hmm. that I, I wouldn't say it takes a woman to do, but it takes an emotionally intelligent person to take an issue that a man might be having in a, in a relationship and express it more clearly and in a funny and new, fresh, exciting way. Yeah. But here's what's funny. And what I was going to say is that your Jane Austen-ness, this is in response to that, wanting a guy, a man from the country or from the city who comes to the country <laughs> and he's tamed his wild horse and he's got a tasteful beard and, you know, and, <laughs> and, he's, and he's powerful or, or he has potential. Mm. He might even be wild and, and there's potential. He, he might even be broken right. and there's potential. Uh, that's another issue, the potential thing, the nurturing thing. But mm-hmm. we're all being taken care of. The dynamic is always seesawing, meaning in the podcast there was a moment where Sam wanted a beer. Um, we had been talking for an hour and a half, and and she was, I don't know, she might have been hungover. She was like, I just, do you have a beer? Mm. It was getting kind of real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we looked in the mini fridge, and there was a beer. Amazing. And it was a not the twist top kind. It was like, mm-hmm. a, you need a bottle opener. We don't have a bottle opener. I love this as a man, but just as a show off, I guess. I love taking beers and opening them on tables. Mm-hmm. And I take it. And I, I hit it on the top like fucking Bradley Cooper and American Sniper mm-hmm. and hand it to Sam. And in that moment, and we didn't really unpack it, but in that moment, the seesaw, I was manning her. We don't have to say manning, but I was yeah. the, the whatever. Yeah. And she loved it. We talked about that. Oh, yeah. She was like, I look, I'm the man in my relationship. And I loved that. Like, I loved that you <laughs> a little bit pride and prejudiced me. Yeah. Here's let me finish it, though, because that doesn't just mean like I'm the king. That's what we would say in the 80s. So I won and I impressed a lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the next step that I wanted to take it to is if I'm in a situation and I have where I'm with uh, Kumail, mm-hmm. who's very jacked. Mm-hmm. You just immediately sort of cowtail. Is that the expression? Or if I was on a ride along with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <laughs> yeah. I would go into that part of me. And that right. is no less me. Right. I, that's what makes it fun that you get to open a beer. Or sometimes I get to flip a, a burger on the grill. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. And then if Dwayne the Rock Johnson shows up, Mm-hmm. You go like, it's all status play mm-hmm. and it's completely separated from gender mm-hmm. and everyone can enjoy it. Meaning Sam would have done that for her fiance. Yeah. I did it for her. Mm-hmm. I'd do it for you. And, yeah. there, and I t- would probably do it for other friends. Yeah, that's Isn't interesting. that fun? And sometimes yeah. we were talking about the trash and sometimes you take out the trash. In fact, mm-hmm. I don't even feel she has a wonderful ru- routine, a comedy <laughs> skit about taking out the trash Mm -hmm. and you do take out the trash and that makes me and that's when you're sort of pride and prejudicing me Mm -hmm. i'm the lady in the country (laughs) and i'm watching you try to not get fucking sauerkraut residue on your overcoat (laughs) and i'm like what a man but like i was just thinking of how nice please don't take this as passive aggression but the kickstand came off my bike and i was Mm -hmm. like I wonder if it, that that would be a nice thing if Val fixed that while I was gone. I don't mm-hmm. even I wasn't even planning on telling you that. Mm-hmm. But that would be an example of you being like the provider energy and I wouldn't go like but I'm the man. I'd go like I would literally yeah. have a decorative small umbrella <laughs> over my shoulder and I'd twirl it. Mm-hmm. And I'd love it. Yeah. I can love both and we can all love both. 
Mm-hmm. The toxicity comes when you have Bradley Cooper and American Sniper who refuses to like to let, let her it. hold the door for him. Yeah, or totally. whatever. And who fucking cares? That's what I was gonna say. Especially when you get two men in a room who are refusing to do any sort of attuning and giving and taking in that regard, then it's just like this is just a dumb thing to watch. <laughs> and I've noticed with Kumail just to concede my own bullshit. Mm-hmm. Kumail is super famous. What I'm really saying is he's fam- more famous than I am. Mm-hmm. Kumail is buff mm-hmm. and deeply handsome. He's mm-hmm. like a dreamboat. Mm-hmm. Like he, I, like he became this dreamboat, and then I was like, oh my god, you were always a dreamboat, but mm-hmm. now he really looks kind of the full the full suit has been filled out. Yeah. And I've noticed because he's getting back into stand up, there are moments where I have to stop myself from trying to gain status by being the guy who didn't take a break from stand up. Because Kumail hasn't done stand-up mm. in a very long time, and now he's back at it. And I'm telling you, I, I do a good job. I stop myself, but I feel the temptation mm. to be like, "Well, that's the thing, you know. You got like, like because I want right. to win right. some of, of it back. Yes, which is the seesaw, but that's where it gets toxic. Where yeah. like Kumail asked me, like, it doesn't matter. That story's boring. But like, I remember giving him advice where I should have just said like. Yeah, don't worry about it. I was like, yeah, don't worry about like repeating material at Largo. And then I was like, yeah, but you know, also like doing stories is, you know, sometimes feels weirder than doing bits again. Bits again are like doing songs, but like a story sometimes you're like, you guys know where this is going. So that can increase the feeling. Like, (laughs) what the fuck am I doing? I know what I'm doing. I know what my ego is doing to give myself a little protection here. Yeah. (laughs) Meaning my ego is being full of shit and going like, hey, fancy boy. Uh, That's what my ego is saying. That's not what I feel. Yeah. It's going like, I know the ways of the world. So does Kumail. He did it for 10 years before he took a break. He does. And like, good on him for also asking. Yeah, that's right. Like he's being humble and he's do he is like doing this give and take sort of thing. And there's a way, and that's beautiful. And so I called Orny Adams yesterday and I just called him to tell him all these thoughts I had about his set. I saw him at the improv and I thought it was fantastic. And I just wanted to tell him. Mm -hmm. And he kind of, I'd say this if he was here, I think this is a good report on how he felt. He was like, sort of like, not confused, but like, what? (laughs) Like, in a good way. Really? Meaning like, you just called to like, I thought you didn't like me. He did? Uh, yeah. He's like, I thought I'm too pedestrian or something like that. Like, I'm too obvious. I'm too loud. And Whoa. I was like, no. And I, I kind of, I didn't intend on doing this, but I sort of went bit by bit and told him what I loved about it. Wow. And then I re- realized in his reaction, you've helped me with this. And, and and living up here has helped me with this, having like these different kinds of friendships where you can get... And Richard Rohr has helped me with this and Father Greg has helped me with this. It's like this opening up and mm. not playing the seesaw game and just going like, that was great. Mm. That And that's sort of what Orny's point was, is like, I'm going to use 1983 language, but he was like, it takes a real man to call somebody and say like, I was impressed by you. Mm. With no agenda, wow. no like, so come work for me, kid. Not not, yeah, not yeah. that, not that Orny could work for me. I'm just saying like, yeah. no like masculine, mm-hmm. like traditionally a man will compliment another man if he's acquiring him. <laughs> right. Like a baseball manager would be like, that's one hell of a swing. Come play with us three seasons. You know, like yes. what? Right. We're not comfortable yeah. just going like, what a, what a great swing or, com, uh, or complimenting your, your co- competition. 
And it doesn't it feel it obviously feels so good when that happens to you. But doesn't it feel so good to do it? Now, oh, like actually it's like even better secret. because there's receiving is sometimes more uncomfortable. <laughs> totally. In fact, that happened with Sam. I was like, look, I remember the last time she had done a live podcast and I, I remember vividly feeling like I, I had made her uncomfortable mm. by complimenting her too much. Mm. So sometimes people hate it. Yeah. Um, I'm tr- there's a million people that I know like that. Mm-hmm. But the, the giving, receiving thing, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like, you, we've said this before, but I, it's not that washing my car puts me in a good mood. It's that I only wash my car when I'm in a good mood sort of thing. Yeah. And when I'm giving a compliment, the joy or the mitzvah of it is that I'm in a space where I can see clearly. Yeah. That I've quieted the dog, the barking dog of my ego mm. that just wants to kill and own and and, mm. and steal. Yeah. I don't mean any of those things literally. I just mean like it's it's vicious and it wa- it's looking out for itself. It, mm-hmm. As you would say, it's my protector. Yeah. If I can get that thing still enough. Mm. To see reality and go like, oh my God. Yeah. That, like, you see the beauty of it. And you go, Orny was like delighting me. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? But you know what? Most of the time you don't. And I don't know what game I'm playing when you don't. But you know what's interesting? Like almost everything, it's a chicken and an egg situation where if you... Like yesterday, I really, like I was, I was so tired and like cozy in the morning and I was trying to get myself to this dance class and I was like, oh, I almost didn't go. Mm. And it's just that classic thing of being like, I just have to get my clothes on and get in the car. And once I'm there, I'm going to be so glad that I'm there. And I did and I was and it was and it turned my whole day around. As soon as I started dancing, I was like laughing. I just loved it. It was the best. But I was not at all in the mood. And like it's the same with the car wash. It's actually probably a good idea if you are in a bad bad mood mood to wash the car to wash your car. Or especially to, to call a friend and compliment them because you you have to like get outside of yourself That's when exactly you're in right. a bad mood. Even washing the car is an extension. Yeah, I'm washing not me. Yes, not so all like it does make you more comfortable, but it is a gift you're giving a car. I know that That's, sounds no crazy. No, um, oh, but it's getting over yourself. Favorite things in I'm Jenny Slate's. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, on it is a wonderful product. It actually is. Come it on. is. It's I, great. I can love yeah. It. Um, Jenny Slate's book so is called Little Weirds and it's, it, I'm not exaggerating. It's my favorite book in the world. Yeah. And sorry, I, my, my own book is just on the desk. <laughs> Let me just move this. Should I put this in the garbage? <laughs> no. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just put that in the garbage. I'll put it in the garbage later. It's not even really worth the garbage. Certainly not recycling. You know what? I will recycle it because maybe it'll be pulped and then they'll print Little Weirds on it. I live inside I your know, book. Valerie, I love, I, zero, I clearly love your book zero. the most. I'm living inside no, it. No, <laughs> Jenny, like for real, 
I read five pages of Jenny's book and I was like, oh, she did something completely different yeah. from what I did. She, yeah, it's she, a different, it's it like can't, prose it's as art. Yeah. Like I was yeah. like, I want to tell you some stuff. She was like. It was like poetic. Yeah, yeah it's poetry. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And your your taste is phenomenal. I'm so, <laughs> it's like that episode of The Office where they're, uh, Jim and his Amy Adams girlfriend, they're naming mm-hmm. their favorite favorite five things or whatever and he's oh, yeah. embarrassed by your choices yeah yeah and blown away by your wonderful choice <laughs> well thank you but uh, obviously stop it's a second okay uh anyway so one of my favorite chapters in that book is like it's like tips for or it's like it's like you know ways for tipping yourself towards joy and um one of the things she says is and she describes it way more beautifully but she's like clean a, r- a room yeah And then stand in the corner of that room and look at it and say, there you are, as if you did what was right for the room. Yeah, that's great. Isn't that beautiful? And I almost brought that up this morning when Leela, and I wish I had, but she was moving on to the next thing. But I was trying to get Leela to clean her room and her playroom downstairs because Mm. she wants a toy, a very specific toy. Mm. And I'm like trying to get her to make some sort of like work uh you know work money connection here mm-hmm. um and and she cleaned her room and i want and i wanted to tell her but i'm going to try to remember next time like to do that to like now just like stand and look at what you did and like like you did this for the room yeah so even cleaning can be well, an act of service, but yeah. certainly act of service. That's an it. act of service when you are depressed. It feels like the last thing you can do. Mm-hmm. And all I mean, it's not a new idea. And certainly now we know like studies even show that that serving in those moments can totally because it's the it's all remembering that you're the same. Well, thing. his need is mine. Yeah, that's what A Course in Miracles would say. His what, need is yours. You were giving him a compliment and validation and all these things, but what was underneath all of that was you both getting the core of what every human being needs more than anything, which is human connection. Yeah. No, giving, that's an, a, a, the course, A Course in Miracles says over and over and over that giving is receiving. Mm. And if you want to be forgiven, you need to forgive. And if you want to be loved, you need to love. And that, that's yeah. the only way. Yeah. And sometimes I can get into a place where I'm like, that's really clear. But like, I like what you were saying about like acts of service. That, those are acts of service, like cleaning. I was also going to say, so remember in True Detective, I, I know this is spooky, but when they find the bad guy mm-hmm. and he's in like a house and he's being weird with his like yeah. sister yeah. or whatever. Yeah. No, I know. But is their house yeah. clean or dirty? You know what I mean? Like I know that's, there are things like that that are that are real. Like is a haunted house dusty? Mm. What I'm what saying is... <laughs> These external care things, right, are are oh symbols of what's happening inside of what's going on inside. Absolutely, and that's absolutely that's what every business is doing. Like they're trying to be like, "Welcome to Microsoft," and like it looks that's like if you're having a seed investor come to your office and it looks like fucking shit. Mm -hmm. It could be the same numbers, and they'd be like, "I don't know about that," or maybe you'd be like, "I think I'm in on the ground floor before these doofuses figure out they should tidy up." Yes, that's why I love seeing people's homes, and it feels like an honor. Like I, I, I often will say, "Thank you for letting us in," mm. because even, even the like messy ones, 
if it's somebody that I love, I'm like, yeah, this is so you. Like it's gorgeous and it's kind of chaotic, but yeah. it's like, like this filled right with now. beautiful stuff. Exactly. And yeah. it's like, it's chaotic. This is, ex- your office is exactly a, uh, I don't even see of this. You. I think this is clean, but yeah. Like even all the stuff on the floor. <laughs> that is, there's a train set on the ground and that's a monument to my prior that's what prioritization gonna... of Leela over myself. Believe it or not, that's what I was going to say. Oh yeah. I, no, I do believe it. I, would, I, <laughs> I was going to, because I know I can be a stinker about the mess, but like I was going to say, this is exactly a, a representation of you because all of Leela's stuff is blocking your stuff yeah and that is totally how it makes me happy as as opposed to making me sad yeah all right so there is um we're gonna unpack this to tease it a little there's only one mid-roll and it's for ritual just get some ritual go to ritual do it some vitamins uh so we'll be back in literally i think it's like two minutes so uh but i we're gonna talk about this moment that happened yesterday which isn't a um, there. I, I want to do it correctly. It's, it has nothing to do with Craig. It's all about me. But I did sort of make Craig Ferguson anxious, and that made me feel weird. <laughs> so we'll <laughs> so be more on that in a minute. This episode is brought to us by our friends at Ritual Multivitamin and their pre, post, probiotic, both of which I take every single day. I, it was a normal thing that I would go to the doctor and they would just be like, you're deficient <laughs> in like nine different vitamins. And Ritual has you covered. It has all of that stuff that no longer happens to me because I'm filling the gaps that I, sh- I might be getting, should be getting from nutrition, but it's just not in our food. So I supplement it with Ritual and it makes it a huge difference. I feel ready to start my day and it's traceable. So look, you can talk fantasy football with your friends all day, but asking them for health advice is not really the move. Ritual takes the guesswork out of the vitamin game. Their multivitamin is based on science to help fill, as I mentioned, common nutrient gaps in your diet and level up your nutrient goals. It is an all-around win. Scientifically developed with key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms, Ritual is a new type of two-a-day helping you with omega-3 DHA uh, to normal muscle function and normal immune function with vitamin D3. This small step can make a major impact. That has certainly been true for me. As I mentioned, it's traceable. Where your nutrients come from is just as important as what they're for. It's vegan-friendly, non-GMO, sugar-free, gluten-free, major allergen-free, and their capsule is delayed release. So most people are like, I would take a multivitamin, but I know I'm just peeing it out. This is the difference. Ritual waits until it's in your lower intestine to break down where it can actually be absorbed. So you're not just going to be peeing out bright yellow pee and you're like, well, there goes my vitamin. It gets into your system. So it's completely different. I understand the hesitation, but Ritual has fixed that problem. Plus, they're a pleasure to take because they have a minty essence on every bottle to keep things fresh and make taking your multi or your prebiotic or probiotic. It's called Symbiotic Plus. It's all three in one. It's a pleasure. So Essential for Men and their Symbiotic Plus is a quality multivitamin and a pre-post probiotic that I take every single day and get this ritual is offering weirdos 30% off your first month. 30%. So visit ritual.com slash weird to start ritual or add Essential for Men to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash weird. All right. Here we are. Here we are. Here's what happened. I called Michael Gunger after I did this. So I, I've been so, we're going to go see 
Rupert Spira mm-hmm. uh, live, which I'm very excited about. And I've just like, as we've talked about many, many times, I go through seasons. Mm-hmm. My favorite season is the one that I'm in right now mm-hmm. where I, where my brain is like a dry sponge. I mean, mm-hmm. I can soak up a lot mm-hmm. and then I, I inevitably oversaturate it and then I become you know, too wet and I can't learn anything and I can't even read anything. And a lot of the things that I know and understand become meaningless to me. Mm-hmm. Like saying, you know, your awareness is like a movie screen and everything you're seeing is blah, blah. Like I go, who fucking cares? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm in a time right now where like I'm listening to his book, You Are the Happiness You Seek on audio. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, this is fucking everything. Mm-hmm. This, is the, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very minimal, Rupert Spira's approach is very minimal. Meaning, mm-hmm. A Course in Miracles, I'll admit, is like sort of lofty in its metaphors mm-hmm. sometimes. It'll, it'll mm-hmm. be like, reality is a tiny mad idea in the mind of God. And it's split into this dream. And all, there's all this stuff. Yeah. And Rupert is just like, how can you try to be what you already are? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like he's just like, just it's not. He thinks enlightenment isn't efforting. It's the cessation of efforting in the same way that like when you're outside and it's sunny and then you go inside and it's dark. There's a moment where your eyes can't see. Mm-hmm. He's like, and all you have to do is relax mm-hmm. and like everything will fade in. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's the same way. That's great. He also yeah. says that like, I, I just love all of these and they're fresh in my mind. He's like attention. And I believe attention breaks down, you know, the, the, the origin of the word is to stretch your mind like mm-hmm. to stretch it in a in a certain direction mm-hmm. like a rubber band so you have to pinch one in and then pull the other one towards now you're putting your attention on me mm-hmm. and then maybe you'll put it on a cup later mm-hmm. and then he goes and to realize your essential being you're like consciousness without an object you just relax the rubber band mm-hmm. and you don't have to do a mantra and you don't have to do breath like those things can help but mm-hmm. he's like you were saying that when we drop Leela off at school we give her a hug and we say, this is a hug you'll feel all day. Mm-hmm. And whenever you want, if you miss us, just look for the feeling of the hug. Mm-hmm. And that helped her. And now she's getting so good at being dropped off at school. She doesn't care as much about the hug. Or you said to her, you were like, did you feel the hug all day? And she goes, um, maybe, but I think I was a little too distracted. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. that's the whole thing mm. is there is this love, peace, that you are, mm-hmm. that is the hug awareness gave you at your birth. Mm-hmm. And we often just get too caught up in the content of experience to remember that which is aware of your experience. Right. So I do Craig Ferguson's podcast yesterday, and I love Craig. I, I have, there's certain people, Lewis Black also did the podcast this week. Just another person that like, mm-hmm. whenever we get together, we're like, you again. Right. Not him again, but like almost like, we're back in each other's lives and we've always known each other. Like a, yeah, like a soul you, you connection. You have a soul connection. Yeah, for sure. And Craig is one of those people and I, and I love him and I, mm-hmm. I believe he loves me. Um, and we always, we certainly love talking to each other. So we're talking about at the beginning of the podcast, how time doesn't exist, how mm-hmm. time is like a, a, a grace that mm-hmm. like, instead of everything happening all at once, mm-hmm. like that movie, that can be very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Time slows it down and, and lets us appreciate it and, and experience it at a noticeable pace. Mm-hmm. I could extend that to saying like the earth is spinning, but isn't it nice that when you look at the stars, it's not just a blur? Mm-hmm. Like everything is fucking 
tuned. Yeah. The earth is spinning. I think it's like 86,000 miles an hour at the equator. It's spinning. And then it's going in the solar system around the sun. And then the solar system is going, it's also moving. Yeah. And we're on it and it seems still. I'm like, so too time is for me now. <laughs> it's fucking great. It's great. Yeah. Nice. Nice design. Yeah. It could be. It's the same observation I've had. Like, flying makes sense. Like, airplanes make sense. But we should be in them, like, <laughs> the whole time. Like, it should be rattling and fucking, it, it, there should be G-force. Like, we're sipping tomato juice. Yeah. It's fucking it's nuts. crazy. So there, there are these wonderful little things, and time is one of them. So we started, and Greg was totally with me. By the way, all of this, I hope I'd, I'd have, this is kind of what I would want to say to Craig. Yeah. Meaning I'm not talking behind his back. We started off the conversation talking about time doesn't exist. And I was thinking about it. I was like, that that's easier than where we went, which is distance or space doesn't mm. exist. Mm-hmm. But I thought because we had talked about time not existing, which actually is pretty fucking freaky. But it's a little bit more convenient because you're like, well, then death is not real. And my, my loved ones are still all here. And it's all kind of like. Right. And also you can just kind of opt out of the thought experiment at any time and be like, yeah, that's fun. And mm-hmm. also uh, tonight at eight o'clock, Matlock is on. You know what right. I mean? Like, you yes. can, yeah. it's easier to tap out of it. Mm-hmm. But what we did, and I don't think I have to give a warning, but now I, I called Michael Gunger. It's like, I was like, I feel like I've gone to wizard school mm-hmm. and there are certain spells. And I'm like, should I not be doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, and it was a real conversation. Yeah. So if you... Don't want to explore. I think anyone listening to this podcast would be fine with it. But I learned by doing this with Greg Mm -hmm. that some people don't want this. Like it might make you a little uneasy. But then Mm -hmm. I also, with you, Valerie, the the heart genius, I'd like to unpack and explain why we shouldn't be anxious Mm -hmm. by this. Mm -hmm. That being said, this gives me intense peace and that's what I that's what made the story interesting was I was like, you want peace? I'm going to show you peace. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, this is freaking me out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, OK. Anyway, the, the, the exercise is very, very simple. I think it's profoundly cool. Uh, something Rupert Spiro will do is he says, close your eyes and pretend you're a newborn baby and you've never seen or experienced anything. You're just. What, what do you what do you got when your eyes are closed and you have no memory? It's just this. It's just awareness. And then he goes, find your lips. Like, you know, you don't even know you have lips, but we do. So we're going to kind of make a concession and go like, find the energy, the, the tingling sensation, literally the nerve endings, experience your mouth. Like, just kind of feel that. And you're like, okay. You can point your attention at your lips, even with your eyes closed. And then you go, now point your attention at your hands. That's another easy one because there's lots of nerve endings in your hand. You go, now. And now if you were to do each of those things and ask yourself, this baby, this newborn baby that's had no experiences, where do you experience the sensation known as mouth? Where is that sensation? And you would go, here. Mm-hmm. It's here. And then where do you experience the sensation of your hands? We can shift to our hands. Where does that sort of like like a sand on a snare drum like bubbling up, you know, like that, shh, that, mm. that awareness of your hands. Where does that happen? Where? And you say here, it's the same here. Mm. And in fact, you notice there's no distance between the feeling of mouth and the feeling of 
hands or the feeling of the bottom of your feet. So you're just sort of like, it all happens here. And then we add the story of distance. Mm-hmm. Now you, you can open your eyes. Mm-hmm. I love that you did that. It's nice. It's wonderful. Yeah. That's what I was going for is you go, holy <laughs> shit. It's not so much that distance isn't real. It's that like you are vast and you're the, holding. You're the thing. You're, you're, the, you're the ground of being. Yes. Or I should say the ground of being is in you. There is a God aspect in you looking out your eyes and we interpret that so too Bran is for me now so to <laughs> so to like that bookshelf is farther than Valerie mm-hmm. and it's like but where does bookshelf and Valerie ha- it happens here it's, it's right here it couldn't be closer it's not even close to me it's inside of me it yeah, is me I know that's the thing even though I used the word vast it's that feeling of like it's both vast and incredibly cozy and and co- like couldn't be, closer, couldn't be closer, more familiar, safer, because there is this. And I love I, I will say what I love specifically about that one, as opposed to like the theories of it, mm. is that it is it is an embodied practice. Yeah, you're you're getting in touch with the parts of your body and through that experience going into what is aware of Using that. it as a gateway. So I actually think that's incredibly grounded. For me, just I that agree. was. And the newborn baby thing, I do that in my my dance classes when I'm bringing somebody out of, people out of Shavasana. I say like wiggle, I didn't, I, I mean, I, I'm sure I didn't invent this. I don't remember ripping it, but like wiggle your fingers and toes and give that, those parts of your body the same amount of attention that you would a baby like like mm. that a baby would give you know like i'm just being with these fingers and there's like curiosity and wonder and innocence and it reminds you like when you said close your eyes and you're a newborn baby it reminds you that that awareness has been with you the entire time even when you were a baby even that's when exactly you were right. a baby yes. so it's the, it's it's, it's the not constant. this other thing yeah. it's actually the closest most familiar thing and when i did 5 meo dmt i went to god in my experience and god was inside me mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like the the thought of a journey to god was the funniest thing and yeah. i don't mean Pete is creating the universe. Everybody relax. Yeah. I don't mean yeah. that. I don't mean the ego trip. I mean the journey to God is the removal mm-hmm. of the distraction. And then it's the remembering of the hug that your mom gave you in the morning. And yeah. it is a hug. Yeah. And that's what I tried. But we I guess we were out of time because mm-hmm. we wrapped up. And that's what kind of gave me like a blue ball-y sort of feeling. It's I was like, no, this is the beginning of the conversation. Is like, we need to talk about why it's good to get in touch with what you actually are. And like Rupert's book, it's called You Are the Happiness You Seek. Yeah. When you get curious about the qualities of that field, even if you say, I am anxious. Yeah. To be honest, the exercise was a little unsettling to me this time. So mm. I, I understand. Well, yeah, I'm sure. And and I I was like, 
do I want to go into this? Because once the idea that it can produce anxiety has been introduced. And that's why I think it, it gave me anxiety. That's but I I'm said saying. that to Craig. I was like, you know, I get up at four in the morning to pee. A lot of times I go, don't think about what you believe. Just fucking stop. Yeah. Go back to bed. Like, because it's a lot for me to be like, oh, yeah, this again. Mm. Oh, right. It's it's all in me and or whatever. Like, yeah. But yeah, go ahead. That's the that's exactly it <laughs> to me. I think what this is helping me realize is it's the difference between theorizing about it and keep because your brain is always going to be in protective mode. So it's going to be scary to your ego. It's going to be scary to your brain. It's going to and when the body is not involved at all, it's going to for sure be scary to your body. Yeah. So it, there's it's the difference between your like theorizing like all right what I believe that this is actually all in my brain and this is like what you believe that can have this element of the the brain kind of dragging the body into a zone that it doesn't want to be in it wants yeah. to be here on this earth doing this feeling this as opposed to actually what the practice that you just did is is dropping into the body and then getting you know so it's like it's the the top down bottom up thing yeah yeah that's very bottom up that's it's very bottom up and and maybe craig who knows that's the other thing it's we don't know. not I, your responsibility because no one can know what where somebody is at what exactly. made it unique was when you think you're giving someone peace and they're like, well, I, sure. I don't like. And he he was very open about it. And when we were done, he didn't seem like rattled. He was, no. he was back to himself. But He's, he was like, that's giving me anxiety. And, and that's was, like a good boundary for him. And that's what I would actually recommend to anybody if and do when I'm like take, taking them through a guided meditation is if at any point this starts to feel unsettling, open your eyes, which he did. Mm. reorient yourself in the room and get a pizza <laughs> yeah yeah for real but like in or you know i do like all of the body stuff squeeze your body double tap like just remember yeah. just you don't have to white knuckle and be like all right i'm just gonna get in the rocket ship but also the like infinite love of god isn't uh the prodigal son goes home to the father in the story and the father throws a party but the, the the son in the story is actually worried that the dad won't accept him back mm-hmm. and will make him a servant if he's lucky. Mm-hmm. So the son, in the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal son doesn't achieve enlightenment. He doesn't go, my father is a loving father. He will accept me back. I'm going to go back with my head held high and say, I've squandered my inheritance, but none of that matters because your love is infinite. Right. He goes, oh boy, mm-hmm. I fucked up. I'm scared. I'm going to go back. And then the father's love it doesn't go, do you believe that I'm loving? Mm. You, do you understand? I think I'm making a pretty fun point. I think you are. You, so can t- finish the point. Yeah. I think I did. It's like what I'm saying is our understanding of these concepts and even our chillness with them isn't a prerequisite to trust and understand that you're held. Okay. I'm glad you're making that point. I love that. I thought you were maybe making the point of like, so... L- the son went home even though he was scared to. Yeah. Which, but I, I actually am, I, and this is obviously like very personal to me, but I am, 
I'm not really for the like stay with it, even if it's terrifying or scary. That's not what I'm saying. That's what I thought saying, you were saying. No, I'm saying saying. the prodigal Richard Rohr makes the same point. He's like, if salvation or being folded back into perfect love requires a deep intellectual understanding, mm-hmm. what chance do he, I think he says people with special needs or developmental right, disorders? Right. It's like, what? Oh no! No message yeah. of grace that requires a theological degree is is what we're, we've lost the course. I just happen to be one of those people that that my way through it is is concepts and stuff. Yeah, but also I think you, I've also seen you get to it through your heart, through your body. Oh yeah, it's not. But what's funny is that this practice, and this is again what I was hoping. The other morning, and I, I haven't really been classically meditating for a long time. Mm-hmm. What I do now is I close my eyes, so that baby thing, mm-hmm. and I just allow reality around me to unfold as a soundscape. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it is my favorite because you're yeah. just going like, what? You don't even have to remember to think this, but you know, you, the prompt, I suppose, is like, where is this happening and who is noticing? Mm-hmm. And even when you go, let's say the, the exercise did you did make you anxious. Like the, there's no distance. It's all happening inside of me. It all is me. Let's say that made you anxious. You go, I'm anxious. It's like what Rupert would say. And I can't do what Rupert would say perfectly. And in fact, that's kind of the problem. He's mm-hmm. a genius. <laughs> but he would go like, if you say, I get anxious when I think about that. Mm-hmm. He would say, in this approach, mm. <laughs> we're not interested in fixing the feeling of anxiety. Mm-hmm. We're only interested in the qualities of what you mean when you say I. Mm. So you go, what is it that's noticing the anxiety? It, that anxiety won't always be with you. Yes, It will come and it'll go like a cloud. Maybe it lingers. Mm-hmm. Maybe it lingers for a long time, but it goes and mm-hmm. then it comes and it goes. So it's not essential to you. Yeah. And the exercise and noticing that hands and feet appear in the same place called I mm-hmm. is an invitation to recognizing that your nature is peaceful yeah. spacious yeah unborn uncolored by the events of your life like the it's noticing it mm-hmm. and i know that just sounds like a thought experiment but lately when i've been feeling freaked out so the other morning i'm doing that i'm closing my eyes and i'm just going like i want to do it right now frankly there's val sipping her coffee and it's 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 here it's here it's like the fucking most the present is all we have to it. It makes everything so urgent, mm. not like important sound, unimportant sound. It equalizes all sounds. And you're like, and they're happening in me. Yeah. Fucking trippy. And then I started going like this voice, sort of my own voice, but it came to me. It was like, show me the present moment. When Show me this room, Val. Mm-hmm. We're in this room. That Michael and I were laughing so hard about this. For you to like know this room, because you're just a thing sitting in the room. You'd have to like go around and like touch the table. You could only do one thing at a time. Mm. Here's the table. <laughs> and then you'd go over there and go, here are the books. But you'd only be working off the memory that you did touch the table and it did that. Mm. And then you'd go over there and you'd touch the books. And you'd be. And when you're at the books, you're not at the table. And when you're at the table, you're not at the books. Right. So it's all fucking nonsense. It's all occurring in awareness 
So the joy of it is going, the only thing that's real and constant is this field that you are. And when you get, when you cozy up to that field, you recognize that it thinks it thinks it's pretty darling that you're going around going like, I'm late for my meeting at Sparrow. Right. Like, and you go, and it, and it just goes, relax, baby, relax. Absolutely. And what's funny about, to me about how the like conceptual and theoretical for like you and Michael gets you there is that it can get so tangly and like, and like, you know, not tangly at like a bat in a bad way, but intricate, I guess is the word. Sure. And then you, it gets you to that point And then it's the simplest thing. It's, it's, the simplest it's as simple as remembering that your mom hugged you this morning that, that's what i mean yeah exactly the effort involved is it, as simple as going like right. and i'm doing it right now something in me mm-hmm. is aware that i'm looking at val and yeah. that is the pearl of great price that phenomenon that i sank into on various psychedelic experiences but also that morning mm-hmm. when i just took a little time to be deliberate and go i'm going to remember who i am yeah i started tripping a little bit and mm-hmm. it was awesome <laughs> and i came downstairs and you guys were having this normal morning mm-hmm. and i felt like a benevolent alien mm-hmm. and i was like val has no idea it it was exactly like being on mushrooms and i was mm-hmm. just like Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um uh shoot, there is another thing. It doesn't really matter. Oh, it does yes, matter. Yes. Okay. So there is I know I've recommended it before on this podcast, but it's probably been at least a year, probably longer since I've brought it up. But there is a fantastic meditation that does sort of all of this and it really blends, I think, like the practice you're saying and my practice of sort of being with your my emotions and then that opening up into awareness Mm. and it's the pain body meditation from Eckhart Tolle but it's actually Kim Ng his wife who leads it and I I think you can find it on audiobook if you just type in pain body there's like an audiobook and it's maybe five different meditations Mm. and I think it's the third one there's it's it's you would be able to find it it's like the it, it's the one that says i think pain body or maybe emotions or something mm-hmm. um and so the whole practice is is a noticing your emotions arising and you just like start there and notice how they're changing shape where where you feel them in your body what's happening and then you feel the aliveness in your hands. Yep. You feel like what you were leading us in. You feel your energetic body. Maybe that's what it is. I think the meditation is called inner body mm. or subtle body. So you feel your inner body and then you feel sort of your outer body, what your body is touching, the cushion, the bed. And you become aware of all of these things at once. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, over 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then and then you open your eyes and you become aware. So then you're aware of your emotions, your inner body, your outer body, and the room around you, what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, is there any boundary 
between those things? Mm. Do you feel any boundary? And it like instantly, it's just like, and then she's like, no, it's all happening in your awareness. Right. (laughs) And you're like, fucking right it is, Kimmy. (laughs) It's the most. Hi. And Rupert is great at quoting all these all these like Sufis and stuff, and they say it's the, it's the most hidden and the most obvious yes. thing in okay, the world. Brody. Relax, Brody. It's okay, it's okay Brody. I wish okay. this Shh. wasn't occurring in my awareness. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Brody. Okay. All right, pal. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yes, Brody. we see. They're here. They're here. We see. Please. We see. It's okay. You're okay. Well, right. beautiful. I, I sort of want to find that. Um, meditation for people but I think they'll just be doing what I was doing like searching those words yeah kimming pain body yeah I've done that one it's so good yeah so I I haven't done it in a long time but what I like about it is in the thing about the like well this is making me anxious I do still just because I I think we should always be aware of not like um traumatizing ourselves <laughs> yeah uh i do think like open your eyes touch the ground squeeze your body do you know but you can maintain a sense of awareness while you do those things and you can also just if it feels safe you can just label like anxiety and like watch that come and go that's sort of the practice that i learned from jack cornfield and tara brock is like if you're feeling anxious let that be your anchor for a minute. So mm. like your breath maybe was your anchor or your the feeling of your body or whatever. Or even this concept is your anchor. Mm. And then you feel anxiety arise. All right, give it your full attention. Get really curious about what it feels like, where, yeah. it, where it's happening in your body. And it will eventually change. Yeah. And the second it changes, it's freedom because you realize... It's, I'm it's, still here. I'm still here. There was a through line. Like, it's like you think that the anxiety is the through line and then it changes. And well, then yeah. you're like, what? Wait, then what was but the through line? See, that's okay. So all of this stuff is to me a more another. And because it's new, it's maybe working better lately way of getting in the moment. Mm-hmm. And when we're saying like, get in the moment, be present. It's like the best way to be present is to identify with that which is always here, which is a sense of awareness, which is a sense of knowing. Yeah. And Rupert has this very, I think it's very funny. It's like, why wouldn't you dip into the peaceful place that is observing your life? Again, not as a theory mm-hmm. or a belief, yeah. but as a retreat. Yeah. So even the people listening now, just to go like, what part of me is hearing this? It's mm. like the ears bring it in and then I hear it. And when you realize that knowing is the only knowing, it's mm-hmm. it's the knowing. It's your, we can get dualistic and say, it's your part of the great knowing. Mm-hmm. And it's safe. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's that's one of the things that we talk about not being able to feel the earth spin mm-hmm. and the grace of that or not feeling the, velocity of an airplane Mm -hmm. because it's pressurized it's also wonderful and not really discussed that when you drop into who you are and i don't mean your personality and your brain i mean into what is the ground of your being Mm -hmm. that that's not turbulent 
there might be some turbulence on the way. Yes. Your ego might be resisting. Yes. Because honestly, you're asking it to take a knee and go like, just take, but you can always just say to it what I say, which is what I said when I did my 5MEO, you'll be back. You'll be back. And I actually even like, (laughs) don't worry. Yeah. (laughs) I like to even say like, I, I just, I like to picture it more like a table and like, yeah, the ego's there. It's running in the background. The breath is here. The body's here. The, all of it's here. I'm not leaving any part. I'm just like, I'm the head of the table and I'm sort of looking at around me all the other parts. That's right. Because I'm not them. I'm this awareness that that's sees right. all of that. You can even observe it. And that's very, of course, in miracles, it goes like, just look at what your ego is doing. Oh, it's sort of trying to give Kumail advice so you feel special. Yeah. And forgive it and go yeah. like, that's what it does. I think that's Don't be it. mad at a faucet for running water. That's right. Like, I think having compassion for, for each part and not looking at it as like, I'm leaving anything. I'm not leaving this earth. I'm not leaving this body. I'm not leaving my ego. Yeah. No part of me is getting left because no. that's where a lot of the anxiety and panic can come from. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. We're all here. I, and, do, I do that all the time because A Course in Miracles is, is one of those thought systems that's like, when you figure this out, it might just kind of end. Yeah. And you're like, well, I don't want to leave Leela. And I go... Leela is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? like, yeah. Because it's all there. Right. And I mean, if it, it, like in that incredibly like you can look at it as that like philosophically, but also you can just be aware of Leela in front of you. You know, like it yeah. can be really yeah. simple and earthy too. Yeah. And be aware of your ego running. It's not it's all it's not a flaw or a problem exactly because that's the last thing i wanted to say about it is remembering like what tara brock said when i was like sometimes when we get into this sort of non-dual you know emptiness nothingness thing it's terrifies me and she's like yeah it's missing the moisture of the heart so the moisture of the heart for this practice can come into having at least friendliness towards the ego towards every part that's right and not, allowing it to have a seat at the table not decapitation yeah you that's that's what i was saying about like we're not concerned with getting rid of the anxiety we're curious about the nature of the eye that is observing it that's yeah. one of rupert's favorite quotes as he goes of all the koans the most profound is i hmm. and we all go around just saying it mm-hmm. i am cold mm-hmm. i am mm-hmm. i am anxious yeah. And it's like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. I can't do it as well as he can. No, you're doing great. No, not as well as he can. Not as well. <laughs> not as well as he can. Okay, baby. Right, babies. Well, thanks. Uh, I'm going to Salt Lake today. And if you're listening to this today, it comes out. Those shows are tonight. And thank you for coming uh, because I'm so happy that they sold out. Yeah. And just ask yourself, who is keeping it crispy? <laughs> When we say keep it crispy, what is aware? Who or what is it that is aware of the Of the crispiness. And the crispiness. And how would you determine that crispiness? And if it was in your mouth and you're chewing it, like where does the phenomenon crispiness occur? 
and keeping kind of presupposes a future. Yeah. But, but really, what if it, it's crispy now. It's just crispy now. 